You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. The Broncos defeat the Raiders 20 to 19 and I tell you what it was the uh, classic episode of Cardiac Kids and we're going to have you covered here with the latest analysis and coverage recapping the Broncos big win over the Raiders. It wasn't pretty, it was ugly at times and it also kind of made you scream at the TV a little bit. Welcome back to the Locked On Broncos post-game report covering the Broncos big win over the Raiders. I'm your host Cody Rourke. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. I'm also a columnist at Predominantly Orange and an NFL analyst covering the Broncos. I am your co-host, Cameron Parker, and you guys can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Parker P.O. And Cody, man, you said it. It was the cardiac kids and maybe to maybe to even just go a little step further. It was the cardiac franchise quarterback again with Case Keenum coming out on top and, and playing pretty well in the fourth quarter to help secure that victory. But it was not to be outdone by the actual game winner of a Brandon McManus field goal. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by my bookie and Vivid Seats. We're going to give you a little bit more information about them here a little bit later on. But on tonight's episode of the show in our post-game report segment one, we are going to be talking about some of the key stats that stood out. And obviously there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. We'll talk about that segment two. We talk about the game. We break it down with our analysis, our thoughts on the Broncos defense, thoughts on the Broncos offense. And segment number three, we're going to hand out game balls for the Broncos win here. And, and you know, let's let's kind of get on top of it right away here. It was a, a very head-scratching type game for the Broncos just coming out out of the gate you know going back to the the Raiders loss on Monday Night Football to the LA Rams you know they they came out on their first drive and they had a lot of tempo we we saw that we talked about it this week on the pregame show that really the Raiders would come into this game and they would be very up tempo they'd be going quick they they would try to make it to where the Broncos would have a difficult time you know getting out substitutions onto the field in certain packages the Broncos win a lot of base package today against the Raiders and you know we kind of have some questions on that which we'll talk about here in segment number two but Cameron let's talk about some of the key statistics of the game. Now, go over some team stats here. The Broncos had 385 total yards of offense, and the Raiders had 373 total yards of offense. Some good, some bad there on the Broncos' defensive side of the ball, and that's something that we really have to talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, Case Keenum came out, and, you know, on that one drive, he struggled. He threw an interception in the red zone. You know, they're playing a lot of cover two and a lot of cover four, and, and that wasn't a good thing. That really changed the momentum of the game because the Raiders marched down the field and scored once again at that point. You know, that that kind of changed the dynamic of the game for the Broncos heading into half, but I, I'd say a positive statistic, Cam, and like we talk about every single week, the rushing game, it is there for the Broncos, and they ran for over 168 yards. Philip Lindsay had over 100 yards as well, but the Broncos really struggled in this game in terms of giving up yardage per play. The Raiders averaged 6.2 yards per play, and it was really a quick passing game for the Oakland Raiders that really they utilized to attack the Broncos there, and uh, third down. Third down was huge. You know, as Often as we saw the Oakland Raiders connecting on quick passes, they only converted 30% of their third downs compared to Denver's 50% there. That, that That's kind of a surprising statistic when we go back and look at this game. You know, going back and watching the game, Cameron, you know, you wouldn't have almost told that that was going to happen. Based on watching it, you would have thought that it would have been the other way around, the Raiders converting 50% of their third down plays. But I, I guess the Broncos made it matter when it counted. 
I agree. And you, you talk about the word head scratching. It's almost like Bill Musgrave was trying to do the exact same thing on the offensive side of the ball that the Raiders were doing in the first half. Just because uh, you look at it, they had 23 total yards of total offense in the first quarter. Let that sink in for a second. 23 yards of total yards in the first quarter. I mean, that's just, I don't, they just kept throwing the ball short. They kept, you know, keeping it pretty vanilla, to be honest with you. It's almost like they did not want to expose anything and it kind of reared its ugly head and it dug them into a really bad position early in that first, or at least in that first half. Now they woke up, Bill Musgrave woke up and, and he called a terrific game in the second half to, to get. Case Keenum involved to get Emmanuel Sanders involved, which was, you know, one of the biggest takeaways of that second half. Get one of your best playmakers the ball in his hands. Getting, in essence, Cortland Sutton involved. The touchdown was waved back on a questionable decision. But, you know, getting the, the playmakers that help this offense go was a key cog in recalibrating and, and making those pistons fire in that second half. And so Bill Musgrave did a really good job. And and once again, man, I you know, we, we, we come back to it. Case Keenum, he really did have a porous first half, to put it bluntly. He didn't play well. I mean, he he was, we, you and I were talking about a little bit on our group chat. He wasn't going through his reads well. I mean, he was not going through his first read. He was not even going through his second read. And he was throwing into double coverage often. I mean, it, in the times that he would try and force it down the field, he would get burned. And that was his lone interception of the day in the red zone of a critical situation. But when it matters most, when it matters most and when it becomes you as a franchise quarterback, you won the game for you. You put your team in position to win the game. So that that was one of the biggest takeaways, again, is that uh, is that Case Keenum rose to the challenge, relied on his his weapons to help move the, the football down with him. And they they did they did their job. And that's important. You know, Case Keenum, you know, going into halftime, had a 14.6 QBR rating. That was a uh, very low and, and it was very frustrating. I, you know, I think Broncos country felt a lot of frustration when watching Case Keenum in half number one. And, and it is always a tale of two halves in the first half. It was the Broncos defense, you know, kind of rewarding the Broncos offense, keeping them, you know, kind of out there and, and really doing their best in the first half to really reduce the amount of momentum that Oakland was generating in the second half. It was the Broncos offense bailing out the Broncos defense. And Case Keenum, you know, like you said, you know, didn't, you know, with all the pressure on your back, you know, playing really bad, getting booed off the field at halftime. That's what the Broncos did. Broncos fans, I, I guess they like to boo their team in, in hopes. I'm, I'm starting to guess maybe it might just be if we boo you, we know you're going to come out in the second half and, and perform. You know, I was frustrated. There were a lot of times I was yelling at my TV, but Case Keenum demonstrated the poise necessary to lead the team down on that final game-winning drive. I mean, think about it. It was a first and 20, and you were backed up on your own 10-yard line on that final drive due to a holding call on Garrett Bowles. And to be honest with you, I, I went back and I watched that play, and I felt like Garrett Bowles actually did a good job on that play. I didn't, I didn't really see the hold I saw him slingshot Bruce Irving to the ground and I guess they called that the hold but you know what poise no timeouts left a minute 20 in the game you lead the team down the field you find Emmanuel Sanders you know you, you find Demarius Thomas quickly and then uh, on that drive you almost have that little heart attack there where Demarius Thomas doesn't get it and then you know Tim Patrick 
comes up big when needed. You know, I think that was one thing for Tim Patrick. He's the perfect role player for this offense because he will come up big when necessary. You know, he had a chance for a touchdown catch earlier on in the first, and it was overturned as well. But even Cortland Sutton played really big. Jake Butt had a big game today. Four catches, 48 yards. Tim Patrick with a big 26-yard catch-and-run reception getting out of bounds. That was one of the plays of the game there. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, four catches, 96 yards. He only had one target right before halftime, and that was on the hook and ladder play. Other than that, he, he really came alive in the second half, and he, he got three additional catches, 96 total yards. That was what you needed. Demarius Thomas finished the game five catches, 18 yards, and that key drop there, and we'll talk about that here in segment number two. But the rushing game, the Broncos are utilizing that tailback by committee approach, and Philip Lindsay, he was the he was the you know the primary care holder this week with 14 attempts compared to Royce Freeman's eight, 107 yards on the ground for Royce Freeman, and uh, I mean for Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman had 28 yards on the ground. Devontae Booker had 17 and Case Keenum on that critical fourth down with the quarterback keeper. That one, you know, I was, I was holding my breath there. The Broncos don't get that play by Keenum. He doesn't dive in there. That, that game over. The Broncos don't win this game. That was a that would have been a big big stop for the Raiders defense, and that would have been tragic for the Broncos at that point. And so you know, Case Keenum came up big when it mattered. That was very very important as well. You know, going back on it, Von Miller. We saw it in the first half. Had a huge sack in the first quarter, pretty much. Had a huge sack, strip sack on Derek Carr. However, it was negated by a hold by Todd Davis. That's one I think the Broncos kind of really want back. And you go back on film, that could have changed the entire outcome of this game. They, it could have gave the Broncos the perfect momentum. And you go back to the Case Keenum interception. I think it changed it the opposite way for the Raiders. And that was kind of frustrating to watch there. But th- those are some of your key statistics there. And kind of looking at the Raiders' side of the ball for a second here. I think it's a hey, Derek Carr, he carved of the Broncos secondary. He was 18 of 19 passing at halftime. He finished the game 29 and 32 for 288 yards and one touchdown. He was absolutely ridiculous this week and he's getting more comfortable in John Gruden's system. So it's going to be a tough one when the Broncos have to go on the road to play Oakland with Carr there in the black hole. You know, Hats off to the Raiders. That was a hard fought game and a, and a big win for the Broncos. So uh, we're going to talk about some of our key analysis coming up here in segment number two. Really talking about the Broncos defense, the offense, our observations as well. But like I mentioned, Today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie. Now, MyBookie is the one-stop shop for all reliable sports betting, and they offer a variety of amazing features where you can now make live in-game bets during the game, and you can even bet the over and the under on how many fantasy points a player will score. And right now, because it's been so huge over here at the Lockdown Broncos podcast, MyBookie is absolutely slammed with new bettors, and they want to give everybody the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits made over 100 so join right now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you got to use is promo code locked on 25. That's one word locked on 25 to activate this offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on 25. When you create your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play. And if you're willing to hold out after 7 PM, like I said, you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code Locked on 25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner. Take the extra money. You play, you win, and you get paid with my bookie. 
And on another note, the Locked On Podcast Network is continuing to showcase a fantastic lineup. Fantasy football is underway. And we have two fantasy football shows that will help you out in terms of winning your league. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the latest news, the waiver suggestions, and injury news. And now Locked On Fantasy Football is now the Locked On Fantasy Football with experts. Featuring amazing guests every day. Monday, you feature Tom Kessenich. Tuesdays, you receive Eric Edholm and his analysis. And Wednesdays, you hear from Jeff. Ratliff and Tyler Lochner on the Locked On Podcast Network. Segment number two. Okay, really getting into this. Now, this is where we can kind of vent a little bit. Going back to this Broncos game, Cameron, I'm going to give you my gripe. The Broncos secondary, right now, I'm very, very concerned. And I think a lot of NFL teams might look at what the Raiders did against the Broncos defense to really kind of neutralize the factor that is Von Miller. Oakland went with their quick passing game from the very onset of this game, and it worked to perfection. You know, Derek Carr, 18 of 19 at halftime, 29 of 32, finishing the game. That is efficiency. And, and there are some good quarterbacks in this league that can do that. I think that could possibly even do it better than Derek Carr. And Jared Goff could be one of those guys when the Rams come to town to play the Broncos. But for me, here is my gripe. Here's where I am very concerned for the Broncos going forward. The secondary. Now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, the Broncos didn't really have a chance to really kind of switch our sub different packages in because of the up-tempo nature of John Gruden's offense. Derek Carr was getting the, the, uh, you know, the offense for the Raiders up to the ball very quickly. They were getting plays off. Quick passing game. But the corners, this was one thing, especially as a DB guy, you, you know, you know, we, we talk about defensive backs all the time here. But as a defensive backs guy, watching the Broncos play 10 yards off the ball on a third and five or playing eight yards off on a third and two, that's where they really utilize the quick passing game, slant routes with an arrow route combination with the tight end or the slot guy or a quick smoke route for Martavis Bryant or Omari Cooper. Those really hurt the Denver Broncos overall in this game. And, and to be honest with you, I, I go back and I watch that, and, I, and I'm going to go back and watch the game once again tonight. But the secondary, I have a lot of concerns. You know, they, they matched up Amari Cooper as a bigger wide receiver on a smaller cornerback and Pac-Man Jones. He wasn't really the factor he was last week for the team. And you really have to find a way to get things going because the Broncos, they have to travel this week on the road at the Baltimore Ravens. So defense, I'm very concerned with the secondary and just really just the plays that they're giving up. You know, they, they I felt like they came into this game based on watching how they lined up on the field. I felt like they were worried about giving up the deep ball or the really big play. They did a good job uh, containing Jared Cook, who I believe only had a few catches, four catches for 49 yards on four targets. They did a good job neutralizing him, but Amari Cooper, he really went off in this game. That's what you kind of talked about in our preview show. You said Amari Cooper is a guy that still can really hurt this Broncos team. Ten catches, a buck sixteen for him. So a lot of concern right now on the Broncos secondary side of things. I agree. And now, now with the Jared Cook thing, he did have that long catch of 20 yards where he was just wide open. So there was still those issues where, you know, the Broncos are struggling covering the tight ends. And I don't know if it's just early season mis, you know, miscommunications or, or what have you, but the biggest head scratcher on defense is exactly what you just mentioned. Why are the defensive backs playing 10 yards off of a wide receiver when Derek Carr is throwing about five yards on a short pass in order for them to get the first down? It just does not make any sense. And, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it made sense from a Raiders perspective. And, and you know, and we talked a little bit about it on a Raiders perspective. If you're, if you're a Raiders fan, it's a gut-wrenching loss. Obviously, it's, it's maybe the toughest loss 
loss, you know, next to the Los Angeles Rams game last week, and, and obviously it's tougher, but I'm more encouraged about the performance of Derek Carr, regardless of what happened, you know, in the game and just the efficiency that he had. But again, with the Denver Broncos and with its secondary, how can it be that it took you long to adjust to the fact that the, the wide receivers were getting about 10 yards a pop every single time, and especially Amari Cooper? I mean, Amari Cooper is no slouch. I mean, there was a reason why the Oakland Raiders spent a, a, a I believe it was a first round pick on Amari Cooper. He was a solid route runner. He can catch the football. A lot of people, at least by Hall of Fame com- uh, comparisons, have compared him to a Marvin Harrison. I mean, you know, one of those possession wide receivers, one of the best to ever play the game. Amari Cooper is exactly that guy. He's still solid enough. He has the, the case of the drops, but that was not the case today. That was not the case today. Amari Cooper came to play and, you know, he made him pay. And once again, the number three cornerback is still an issue. You know, you have to wonder. I, I hate to throw out this, you know, the, at least this option, but you, you might have to start considering activating Isaac Yadam if this thing continues. And, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's still kind of tough for me just because of how young he is. But you you know what? It might not hurt. You know, the Broncos only did go with 46 men today on the, you know, on the 53-man roster. There was the inactives today. He could provide a boost that they need. But at that point, you got to factor in who Denver, you know, who could they place on the inactive list compared to Isaac Yadam? If you do that, you have to inactivate somebody. And I, I just don't know who that would be. Yeah. And, and I don't think it'll happen now, but you just wonder if the problem persists, you know, you have to look at all options Yeah, because, because clearly, and not to use the energy, the, the energy, the injuries as an excuse, but you know, again, it's just, it, it bears repeating that Sue, the loss of Sue Cravens really really hurts this team because it just proves of the talent level that Sua Cravens would have given this defense at the early point in the season because they might not have had you know the the tight end miscues of coverage at least early on into the season or they might not have had the you know the the number three corner issues because Sua Cravens can be a number three corner if need be so it's just it proves that you know the Broncos do need Sua Cravens healthy if it can come to that at some point during this season. I don't know if it will. He's saw an injured reserve. He's eligible to come back on week eight. So certainly still something to monitor. But defensively, it is something uh, that does need to be resolved, especially in the regular season, rather quickly. And we're about ready to hand out our game balls on the Broncos 20 to 19 victory over the Oakland Raiders here and coming up in segment number three. But before we get to that, I'm going to tell you guys about Vivid Seas. Now, we all love a night out. Now, whether that's enjoying our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, the show, or the sporting event of your choice at a very great price. And Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or even look for seats in the section or row of your choice. And to make things even better for you, the listener, Vivid Seats is giving all Locked On Broncos listener an exclusive promo code for $20 off all orders that consist of $200 or more to save even more money. You can go to your app store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off of orders that consist of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and the games to the hottest theaters and more. Vivid Seats has it all for you, the listener. Download the app 
Enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more and make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event from the Locked On Podcast Network. And also, the Locked On Network is also expanding with college shows. We talk about it every week because the network is growing at a very exciting rate and college football is exciting. You have football all the time at the Locked On NCAA branch this week with the Locked On Wolverines of Michigan. And then you have the Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Seminoles who are really struggling right now down there under Willie Taggart, who used to be the former head coach of my favorite podcast for the college teams that I listen to, which is Locked On Ducks. You have Locked On Penn State, Locked On Crimson Tide, the Wildcats, the Razorbacks, Volunteers, and the BYU Cougars. You can find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Handing out game balls in the Broncos 20-19 victory, Cam. I think this is an easy one for me. I've got a couple guys that are very instrumental in the Broncos' key win here this evening. And we hope that you're enjoying listening to the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We'd like to welcome in all new listeners of the show. We hope you enjoy the show and stay tuned with us as we give you your daily Broncos podcast. Now, Cam, I, you know, I, I know it's his job. And we talked about this. I had a little conversation with somebody on Twitter, you know, because I said my game ball, I give it out to Brandon McManus. And you heard Dave Logan on the call of KOA News Radio at the very top of the show with Brandon McManus' game-winning field goal that put the Broncos up 20-19. to That was absolutely huge. He deserves it because, you know what, that's a pressure cooker. That is a very, very pressure situation we've seen. Go back and, and pass. We've seen it against the, you know, the Chargers last year. We've seen it against the Bengals back in 2016, Monday Night Football, or 2015 Monday Night Football. You've seen it, those, those wide left kicks, those wide right kicks on a potential game-winning scenario. His confidence, he's been so much better. He had a great performance last week against the Seahawks. He had a great performance here against the Raiders clutch game winning kick from 36 yards out Brandon McManus he gets one of my game balls the other guy I'm giving my game ball to is Philip Lindsay over 100 yards you know rushing on 14 carries he was electric he had that 53 yard springy run in the first half and then you know at that point Case Keenum threw the interception and kind of depleted the momentum but Philip Lindsay continues to look like a bright spot for this Broncos team and he's got a very very critical role on this team going forward so him and uh, Brandon McManus, they get my game ball. So nobody on the defensive side of the ball, Cody? No, not today. <laughs> not today. The defensive performance, they, they, you know what? They got that stop there on that fourth down. That was a huge play. But to be honest with you, they got really lucky on that play where they dumped it off to the fullback. And Bradley Chubb actually got confused on that one. Thought he was supposed to go with the tight end. So if, the, if he would have caught it, it would have been a first down. And at this point, you know, the Broncos... They might not have won that game. So uh, defense, very uh, very rough performance. But yeah, no, Brandon McManus, Philip Lindsay, they get the game ball. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. Um, you know, for for me, I, I'm actually gonna give the, obviously the obvious game winning game ball should go to Brandon McManus because you know you, you you think of the the battle that he's had to have the past year and a half. You know, all the the ghosts that he's had to face as far as kicking it inside of you know at least 40 yards, 30, 40 yards. He's been pretty inconsistent with that. And then you go into the 50-yard field goals. He's even missed those too. But when he is focused, when he is in the zone, there might not be a better kicker in the National Football League. And this is one of the reasons why that 2015 season was so special because when he was in the zone, he would come up big when it mattered in that 2015 season. So I'm not going to give the game ball to him, but it's the obvious one. you know. But for me, I'm going to give the game ball to Bill Musgrave because he called an absolute perfect second half game plan. I touched a little bit on it in the beginning, but he he really did a great job as far as 
guys getting the the weapons involved that needed to be involved. Talking about Emmanuel Sanders, you started to see an emergence of Jake Butt as the game wore on. You know, Cortland Sutton, who probably should have had a touchdown in that game. Case Keenum certainly utilizing his targets and, and Tim Patrick, you know, maybe becoming that Benny Fowler or Cody Latimer of that 2015 season. Maybe a guy that we could seem to be relied on in a critical situation. So my bit, my game ball goes to Bill Musgrave and, and, and also I, I'm going to just piggyback and I'm going to do maybe a, a half game ball, if you will, because I got to give it at least a, a game ball to, to Philip Lindsay. I mean, you, you don't at least get a game ball without, you know, rushing for a hundred yards, your first career rushing yard, hundred yard rushing day. So I got to at least give uh, part of a game ball, if not a full game ball to Philip Lindsay, because he, when he is called upon, when he is called upon, when the coaches throw every single wrinkle at Philip Lindsay, he answers the call. Um, and you go back and you listen to the press conference by Vance Joseph after the game. He says that he is a special football player. He does everything that they ask of them on special teams as a running back. I mean, when you do the little things correctly, coaches will reward you. And the coaches are rewarding Philip Lindsay with more touches. And he is res- and he responded today with a hundred yard rushing game. But I, I I have to give a game ball to Case Keenum. I have to give a game ball to Case Keenum because once again he battled from the interception that he threw and he battled in that second half. And uh, I, I hate to poo-poo another point or bring up another point. But again, it just it proves how valuable the quarterback position really is to this Denver Broncos team. Because Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch do not win this type of game. And in, in all honesty, I, you and I were talking a little bit before the broadcast. Basically, what it was in, in a nutshell, it was a role reversal of the games when Brock Osweiler was the starting quarterback or, or when Trevor Simeon was the starting quarterback. It was games where it was really tight to the end or it was really, really ugly and Oakland would come out on top. I feel yeah. like I feel like in this situation, I feel like you might be the Oprah of game balls in this situation. Yeah, you get a game ball. You get a game ball. You get a game ball. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, you, you, you do have to at least reward the, the those people that, that meant the most to this team. And it certainly was Brandon McManus. It was Philip Lindsay. And again, it was Case Keenum rising above the ashes and, and showing that he has a fear of failure. Well, and I think that that's one thing you really want from your quarterback is a guy who's resilient. As frustrating as it was watching Case Keenum today in certain spaces, mainly the first half, what he did in the second half was very applaudable. I mean, he came out on fire and and like you said Bill Musgrave great game plan very aggressive game plan the Broncos going for it on fourth down on the one yard line Case Keenum quarterback keeper that's the gutsy call that's something I looked at and I was kind of questioning at first you know Bruce Arians up in the booth it was great to kind of hear his analysis as a former coach loved hearing that you know they were saying take the points you know I I, you could have taken the points Vance Joseph in his press conference said if you would have taken the points the Broncos would have lost which it could have been possible it could have not been you know you just never know at that point given the situation of the game but you know, when Case Keenum got that and they went to review on the, on the replay, man, I, I was stressed out. I was saying, you know what? None of these reviews have went the Broncos way today. This one, I guarantee you, they're going to find a way to make it that way as well. But, you know, they came out, Case Keenum crossed the plane. And, and, and thankfully, Matt Paradise didn't get hurt on that play. That looked like he it could have been bad. He got buckled up under by Case Keenum. Uh, but you know what? I guess he's going to forgive him because the Broncos win. But I think Case Keenum needs to buy uh, the offensive line. I think he needs to buy Matt Paradise a milkshake from Red Robin or something because 
much, much, you know, they did phenomenal. They, they kept him upright. Jared Valdir went out the rest of the game with concussion. And Billy Turner, I thought, did a good job stepping in for him as well. So uh, a lot of exciting things there. We can only give out so many game balls. Bill Musgrave, Case Keenum, Philip Lindsay, and uh, Brandon McManus, they get the game balls over here from Lockdown Broncos. And that'll do it for our post-game edition of the show. Broncos win over the Raiders 20-19. to They're on the road this next week at Baltimore. Very tough game. Joe Flacco, the Broncos have a lot of history for him and Von Miller. I know Von Miller wants to get after Joe Flacco, but can the Broncos clean up the secondary before they have to go down there and cover guys like Jeremy Macklin or Michael Crabtree? I don't know. We'll have to see, but we'll have a crossover show with Locked On Ravens this week on the Locked On Broncos podcast. Take care. We'll see you soon.